got to be kidding me. You're going to risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester. This is coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look at Our Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Again, forgive me if this uh, sounds or looks a little bit different. We're still adjusting things here in the new studio sound and uh, green screen wise. So bear with me on that. Um, Today we're talking about, or we are discussing, the... Suicide Squad, not uh, Suicide Squad 2016, but The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn 2021. The Suicide Squad is a 2021 American superhero film based in the DC Comics Suicide Squad's produce suicide based on the... Let me start that again. The Suicide Squad is a 2021 American superhero film based on the DC Comics team Suicide Squad. Produced by DC Films, Atlas Entertainment, and the Safarin Company. Um, set and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Um, it is a standalone sequel to Suicide Squad and the 10th film in the DC Extended Universe. Um, it is written and directed by James Gunn and it stars an ensemble cast of uh, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, the voices of Sylvester Stallone. Um, or the voice of Viola Davis, um, Jai Courtney, and Peter Capaldi. Um, in the film, the uh, I don't want to give too much away yet if you haven't seen the uh trailer of this film yet. So, I want to give a little bit of background. James Gunn, everyone knows James Gunn, director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's known for bringing in ragtag teams of groups of people saying, all right, this is what we need to do. This is how we bring in a ragtag group of teams, uh, uh, criminals for Guardians of the Galaxy's sake, and um, make them relevant, make them cool, make them hip, make them um, accessible to the general population for, you know, everyone to understand who they are. And after um, his success on Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, I think one is a little bit better than two. Um, he was given, you know, a little bit more free reign with uh, regards to bringing more psychedelic stuff to the screen. So that's what he's going to do probably for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But in between all of this, he is coming to the DC um, Extended Universe uh, produced by Warner Brothers. So if anybody doesn't understand the d- dynamic, it's basically, you know, there's the big heads of the house. You know, you have the D, you have... Uh, Disney that is owned by um, you have Marvel that is owned by Disney and then you have DC which is basically owned and run by I believe it's owned by Warner Brothers and they're responsible they're they're different houses if you understand um, how the movie making industry works a little bit Um, but anyways James Gunn has gone from working with the Disney Corporation all the way to working with the Warner Brothers Corporation and um, I believe that it's for the better. I mean, based off of seeing the 2016 um, Suicide Squad film, my quick reaction to it, it's been quite a few years since I've seen the full thing. Um, but in, in essence, everyone was super excited about the original Suicide Squad 2016 movie. And it was 
uh, a marketing success. It became so popular from the marketing agency that uh, I, I heard there was the marketing agency or was the marketing department, whoever was in charge of the marketing of the 2016 Suicide Squad was so good. It exploded with this uh, amazing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, Queen soundtrack and um, the quick cut editing and all of that everyone was loving the colors everything everyone was loving the visuals and i gotta say aesthetically the first suicide squad does have all of those factors when it comes to the marketing i think that it was a, a marketing success for almost too much of a success so what i heard is they were given um such a good feedback on the original suicide squad uh trailer and movie that they gave it to that company that cut the film, um, cut the film trailer, and told them, hey, we'll give you the entire movie. And from there, um, the Suicide Squad 16 movie became kind of a, some people would say it might have become a botched project because of development hell. Uh, it sounds like David Ayer might have had his movie kind of taken away from him. Now, I can't say I enjoyed everything David Ayer was bringing to the table. I got to say there was a lot of things that um, I wasn't too crazy about with the um, the aesthetic of the Joker, the kind of, uh, you know, cholo Mexican gangsterness of it all. That was kind of unnecessary. But I will say that most of David Ayer's movies generally... Um, you know, kind of, kind of have that little realm about them. You know, un, <clears throat> a little bit unnecessarily, but apparently that's the, the kind of culture he grew up in. Okay, that's fine. The problem with the original Suicide Squad 2016 for me personally was the uh, the click play, Spotify ness top 40 songs just being repeated every other five minutes, and it felt like there was reintroductions to characters that we had already met so it felt like they were repeating storylines it felt like too many cooks in the kitchen there was a lot of mix mashing of things going on with the original suicide squad so um there but the thing was the casting i think the casting and the the heart behind it i mean we had will smith as the original as uh, deadshot and um harley quinn Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I think this was her first introduction as Harley Quinn. I uh, I think let me let me uh, confirm that. But she was uh, a breakthrough after Wolf of Wall Street, and when she became, um, you know, a you know a box office success. Um, let me see, Birds of Prey, but filmography. Okay, let's see, let's see. Um. Yeah, let's see. So she was in Suicide Squad 2016 as Mar uh, as Dr. Harley Quinn Quinzel and Harley Quinn. Um, I think that was the first time she had, yeah, shown. She, okay, so Harley Quinn was a success. I think overall as a complete box office hit from making money, uh, the original one with $175 million dollars um, made 746 million back in the box office worldwide. So it wasn't like a failure, but from a story, from a storytelling perspective, it was ripped to shreds. And 
most of it felt like because of the story. Like, the story didn't really make much sense to even have them all come together. Um, they, they almost, they are the reason that there was a problem in the first movie, you know. If they weren't released in the first place, there wouldn't have been a problem, you know. So, in comparing the first Suicide Squad 16, amazing casting, breakthrough characters, um, story lackluster, writing not so great, so marketing, it, it was kind of good. So, like I said, it's a mixed mash of things. It did make money, so it's not like that wasn't happening. But DC wasn't exactly happy, and I, I, I don't blame them after, you know, all of that. So, um, just kind of giving you a little bit of a background they basically gave it the same sheen they took some of the best elements of the first suicide squad and they brought it to james gunn like i said the guy that's known for all the psychedelicness from uh disney so uh i don't want to give the plot away yet oh Okay, so, uh, you know, essentially ragtag group of people are sent in to uh, destroy something or, uh, you know, steal something that is of importance and they are expendable. So they are at risk of dying at any time. So um, that main plot is continued on through this one. And I, I do believe that you need to see the original Suicide Squad to see that to fully enjoy the second one. Not that it's mandatory, but it's much more enjoyable just from seeing kind of there is backstory in the original Suicide Squad. I'm gonna might go out on a limb and say that people are gonna mostly side with the 2021 Suicide Squad, but there's gonna be a cult following of people that still enjoy that original film. And after seeing the second one, because the second one is kind of in more of a cruel nature um, and like more crude humor, I can see people maybe um, pulling away from it a little bit. If they're not engaged in the James Gunn type of style of humor, um, you know, laughing at people and um, kicking them while they're down kind of thing in, in a way, I, I feel like that's kind of his style of humor in a way, um, then it might not be for you. But otherwise, I think the majority of people are going to really like uh, the 21 Suicide Squad. Um, so let's give a little bit more backstory. David Ayer was set to return as the director for Suicide Squad sequel for by uh, March 2016. But in December, he chose to develop a Gotham City Sirens film instead. Uh Warner Brothers considered consider several replacement directors before hiring uh, Gavin O'Connor in September 17. He left by October 18, a month later, and Gunn was hired to write and direct the film after temporarily being fired by Disney and uh, Marvel Studios as the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 2023 movie. So I kind of forgot that this movie might not have happened if James Gunn didn't released those or didn't have those tweets that got him in like hot water he had like tweets that apparently we're talking about you know they're like maybe a little bit out of touch um not so great uh jokes that didn't age well i don't really have them off the top of my head and i don't really want to have like a personal say on what you know what he should or shouldn't have said 
I don't know exactly if he should have been fired for it because eventually Disney just said, oh, wait, that wasn't really that big of a deal because people have done a lot worse things than told a couple of bad jokes and um, tweeted a couple of bad jokes. People have said a lot worse things on Twitter than what he said. Um, but it's kind of interesting because it seems like he was picked up almost immediately in between this little debacle. So it's like DC uh, Warner Brothers say, we'll scoop that, you know, we'll take some of that crudeness. Um, you know, we don't have to be super family friendly like uh, Disney and Marvel. And, you know, Disney and Marvel, they're, they're trying to expand from that. I'll give them that. Um, so um, he drew his inspiration from war films, uh, Gunded and uh, John Ostrander, Ostrander's 1980s, uh, the suicide, uh, just Suicide Squad comic, and decided to explore the new characters in a story to separate from the first film's narrative. Some cast members do return from Suicide Squad. Filming began in Atlanta, Georgia, in September 19, and concluded in Panama, September 2020. Wow, they filmed they filmed this right before the pandemic uh, came to be um the suicide squad uh, was released theatrically in the uk on july 30th 21 uh, 2021 and released in the u.s on august 5th while streaming on hbo max for a month starting on the same day um and we all have heard about the scarlett johansson thing where she's like suing disney for um you know not getting i guess kickback for the 30 dollar charge that they're doing on their disney plus film and she's mad that Black Widow's um, movie has gone down a little bit um, in the box office. Actually, I think it went down the most out of some of an, any of the Marvel films. But, you know, you got to take in, into consideration the fact that she's on, um, you know, it's during the pandemic and stuff like that. But I do got to say my only take on that is, you know, she's had to have been planning this for months or her legal team has had to have been planning this for months. It's not just something they just spurred on the moment, especially with these like emails. They said they've been talking about this Disney Plus release um, versus a theatrical solo release. Um, you know, it it, it it begs the question, why wasn't this figured out sooner? You know, it's kind of bad PR for everybody. So, um yeah, the cinematographer is Henry Basham, same guy as that. Uh, a lot of the same people are returning with James Gunn from other movies. Um, this is the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, cinematographer, the Legend of Tarzan director. Uh, sorry, cinematographer. Um, John Murphy, the the guy that did the music. He's mostly known for, um, you know, some not not many movies in the last few years. I'll I'll say that the last. 10 years he he hasn't done anything um 11 years he in 2010 he did the kick-ass and composed it with a couple other guys he was on uh the movie uh, did the movie for armored uh the last house on the left 28 weeks later sunshine it's uh, it's not exactly the first guy i would have thought to put on the the music uh composer track but that's just you know me personally Basic Instinct 2, Miami Vice, 20, 2006, 28 Days Later with Danny Boyle. Like I said, this guy seems like he has like a like a much different style of uh, music than I would have guessed for anybody else. Um, yeah, and he's been doing this for a while. Um, all right, so let's hop into the spoilers. And well, let's talk about a little bit uh, about the, the premise for the movie first. The premise for the movie is um, 
In the film, a task force convicts, uh, sorry, convicts are sent to destroy a Nazi-era laboratory. Um, and I'm not going to read the rest because the rest is kind of uh, spoilery. Um, but yeah, so it's just like a, a, a task force convicts. They're bad. They got to go destroy a Nazi laboratory, like I said. Um, and it's pretty much that simple. The thing is, I do feel like the movie is kind of divided into like three different halves. And the first and third half are my favorites. The middle half can kind of dwindle a little bit in my my opinion I, what it was this movie two hours and 10 minutes uh yeah 132 minutes um plus there are two stinger scenes one at the very be- ending and then one at the very very ending so just gotta say that up front so if you have not seen the super ending super set ending of this movie be sure to go back and check that out for um that and um let me see. Let me see. Let me see this. This is what people were saying on Wikipedia and some other things. It says it's received positive reviews from critics who praise Gunn's direction, the visual style, and irreverent humor. Uh, with many noting, it is a significant improvement over its precedent. Um, I gotta say that I thought it 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 is better than the first one. Not to say that the first one has a leg on it, but the first one does have a level of heart underneath it, I feel. And this was kind of like what we were talking about with the Zack Snyder thing of, uh, you know, if anyone's going to get money to make their movie again, who should it be? I think that one of the first movies that I had thought that should have been made under David Ayer's direction should have been you know, Suicide Squad, or one of the movies that should have been uh, given money back should have been Suicide Squad because they were the ones that shot themselves in their own foot. It seemed like they had a good plot. They had a good script. They had uh, a good composer on it. It didn't sound like they just had were pressing play for every song um, that was popular during the day because it, it, it dates the hell out of it. It makes it feel like the movie, you know, is stuck in that era for uh, of all time you know it's it has no lasting power unfortunately the characters might have lasting power but the original the feel of the first one just feels like it's stuck in 2016 so yeah i would um the original suicide squad did have have some good things going for it this one is better in comparison um you know it only got 10 it, sorry, the budget was $185 million for the the Suicide Squad, which is only $10 million more than the first one. So they essentially just, you know, did a full soft reboot, gave them the exact same amount of money, and did it again. Um, I'm interested to see how it's going to perform, considering it's going to be on HBO Max, and you don't, like, pay extra for that type of stuff. Um, you just do the subscription. Um, so if it can, I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be able to break a billion dollars, but maybe with the merchandising and stuff, it'll be able to do that type of stuff. So anyways, um, yeah, casting, acting, all of the, the direction, the, the action, um, all of that works. Cinematography, I thought, uh, was apt. It was, um, it was kind of had the, the glassy flair. It wasn't as psychedelic and spacey as like, uh, 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 or 2 is, but um, and I kind of wish that it did have a little bit more irreverent colors that were going all over the place, but that's just me personally. Um, you know, uh, nothing too crazy. So yeah, I would have given about a, a 7 out of 10. Um, maybe being, if they could just shave off a little bit of the time. I love King Shark. Some of the, the humor that he has to do uh, and perform Sylvester Stallone's, basically this is Sylvester Stallone's uh, Groot character who, uh, if anyone hasn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, big Groot, you know, it's he's a, a tree character, I guess, and he, uh, he like, talks and stuff like that. And he, uh, Groot is different ages in different parts of the Marvel timeline. So sometimes you get old Groot, sometimes you get baby Groot, sometimes you get, like, teenage Groot. And so I can kind of feel them doing the same thing. They're going to cuting up uh king shark and you know they're gonna sell the hell out of him because first of all the lines of like num num and like having all this like uh, he's kind of like a big baby he feels like somewhere between of being like between two and three years old barely being able to have a, a full sentence but he's also terrifying with the violence that is happening on here. You know, he's just like tearing people apart and eating people. Like he doesn't know good or bad. It's not even like he's like really a bad guy in this at all. But, you know, to say all this, um, he's going to be a breakout hit. Harley Quinn's obviously a breakout hit. We got uh, Rick, F uh, Joel Kinnaman. I really liked Joel Kinnaman in The Killing, and I don't think I've liked him in anything else to that degree as much since I was a little bit uh, deterred from altered carbon because it, I was like, I don't turned an Asian guy to a white guy. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but uh, I wasn't feeling that, but Joel Kinnaman in this is one of my favorite things. I've, I've liked him in since the killing. Um, another breakout in this is John Cena. We'll talk a little bit more about him. Um, John Cena is definitely going to be a breakout in this, um, in this realm. I, he, he's, Got some of the best lines, the funniest lines, uh, alongside with the visual gags that are happening throughout this entire thing. And, of course, Idris Elba is just supposed to be, like, a badass, uh, basically sci-fi version of James Bond in a way. I mean, he's just, he's a freaking badass. I mean, you can't really say anything bad about him. He's, you know, he's Black Superman from uh, Hobbs and Shaw, and it feels like he still is Black Superman. Um I, I can't uh, go against that. And so, um, yeah, we had, uh, what, what, what was the other, I don't think I have anybody else's name on here, right? I can't find anybody else at this point. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed this cast. A lot of fun. All the good stuff. Let's hop into the spoiler section. Patreon.com slash podcast for full spoiler section. Full review, all that good stuff is on there. com also has the full library um, reviews. It has all the links. It has all the good stuff. has all the social medias, how you can link up with everybody. Uh, thumbs up. Let me know how I can improve. Let's... Uh, uh, improve the community let's figure out how we can have better podcasts let's um let me know what you thought about uh the suicide squad and um the review obviously 
thumbs up if you do a thumbs down just let me know why because it's kind of irreverent if you don't it's like well well it's like if you didn't like it well was it the review was it because i was ugly was it because he did did like me <laughs> you know so uh you know helpful reviews like uh in the comments definitely help so let me hop into the spoiler section for the suicide squad Task Force X, a squad of inmates from Belarive Penitentiary, are sent to the South American island nation of Corto Maltese. After the government is overthrown by an anti-American regime under orders from the intelligence officer Amanda Waller, which Viola Davis comes back and reprises her, her badass role, she is too good for this movie i i is it possible to be too good of an actor for a movie because she's too good in both suicide squads and i'm pretty sure they just shot her stuff in like one or two days so she's getting pretty nice check for that um because she's in one room like the majority of the time and we'll probably talk about the original suicide squad and spoilers as well just considered this is like a sequel then i would have assumed that you would have seen the original suicide squad as well um yeah, so uh, Amanda Waller. So the squad is tasking with uh, destroying Junaheim, a Nazi or Unaheim, a Nazi era laboratory that holds a secretive experiment known as Project Starfish. This was what I didn't want to disclose in the the spoilers earlier. A team led by Waller's subordinate. Uh, colonial Frick flag is almost entirely wiped out by the Cordo Maltese military upon landing, but this allows a second team comprising Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Nanao, uh, Polka Dot Man, and Ratcatcher to enter the country undetected. So let me just give this uh, kind of like a, how this starts. We start from the perspective of. Um, one of James Gunn's main guys from back in the day. Um, I don't have his name. And uh, the redneck guy. Oh, my God. We start with him with the fucking long hair. Um, I'll have it right here. Michael Rooker. We have Michael Rooker starting out. I don't have his, his uh, character he's playing, but it is ridiculous. He is playing long-haired ass dude. So as I was saying, Michael Rooker is found. Um, so as I was saying, Michael Rooker is found um, almost. Uh, sorry. So we begin with Michael Rooker at the beginning of this, and then we follow an entirely new team that we're maybe kind of thinking that this is going to, how it's going to start off. This is who it's going to be with. We know we got, we got Harley, we got Rick, we got, um, weasel. We got all these crazy guys and they have all these ridiculous and kind of almost stupid powers at certain points. Um, but it's kind of funny just to see them all just get obliterated at one point. But some of them are, like, really fucked up in some, some scenarios. Um, you know, it's kind of the hum the, the, the boys-style humor, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, from Amazon, it's kind of that crude explosion 
body parts exploding, heads exploding, all that type of stuff. You know, it, it, it's a lot to handle in some scenarios, but, you know, generally it works. Um, my only problem with my biggest quibble with this movie would probably be the way that we'll watch something and then we'll rewind. It'll stop to say, all right, five minutes before, th 30 minutes before, three days before. There's like five or six scenes where we're watching the current time of what's going on. And they'll say, okay, uh, three days before, eight minutes before, 10 days before, 30 minutes before. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Can you just tell me a narrative that is in a, a simple storyline in a fashion that is kind of going straight in a straight narrative? I know that uh, they've got the, the Tarantinos of the world trying to change all these different sequences. But to me, it felt like it made the movie longer for unnecessary reasons. I enjoy seeing different perspectives from different um different places kind of seeing where you know where this person was five minutes before and how that's going to affect what we're doing now I like that but I don't need that like six times in a movie I felt like there was too many times that this movie stopped to say wait a minute but what happened five minutes before you know uh, that's me personally I, that that was me saying we're an hour into this movie and we've done like four or five flashbacks and it's it's jumbling my head I watched this movie in two separate sittings. I watched the first hour last night, and I watched the second hour um, this morning. And I got to say, I could have been sleepy. I could have been tired. Could have been grumpy. Could have been anything. But that first hour didn't sit well with me as much as the second hour felt like smooth sailing. You know, like, it felt like the movie really found its footing once it found its antagonist because we're kind of like lollygagging from the point of all right we start with a new team oh that's not our team now we got to start with our team again and then reintroduce all the single one of those people kind of in the same sequence um bloodsport peacemaker now now polka dot man they all have these different openings and stuff like that it's not quite the same as uh pedestrian as the 2016 suicide squad was where they literally had like these bulletins slaps up against the thing it's like dead shot this way did this is who he shot this way he got this is family this would do and it's like <laughs> it's like all right all right there's way too much fucking information let's let's see some things going on and there is kind of like an ex expedited show don't tell sequence with blood sport i gotta say the stuff with his daughter it's a it's a little bit all right. I think it's the same daughter or the same young lady from um, Euphoria, the the youngest daughter there. Um, but anyways, that th that was my biggest problem with the majority of the movie is that the the editing in this was just throwing me off. And it, it's not like I I can't take you know that style of narr un um, unsequential order of uh, the narrative, but it's just like it felt like unnecessary you know what was that what was it serving um so when the first team is taken out rick flag is almost entirely wiped out by these military guys um but the second team shows up and so this is comprising of blood sport peacemaker nanal polka, polka dot man and rat reacher two to enter the country undetected and we get an entire entry with all of them and understanding who they are after finding Flag at a base camp for rebel soldiers, the squad convinces the rebel leader Sol Soria uh, to assist them. Um, meanwhile, Harley Quinn from the first team is taken prisoner by the Corto Maltese government who are plotting to use uh, Project Starfish against other nations.
And so um, I got to say the Corto Maltese government feels like the lower bad guy tiers for all of the Suicide Squad to just kind of take out until we get to the main bad guy. And I got to say the Maltese government was not my favorite part of uh of this film, I got to say it was kind of the weaker points for me and anything that wasn't involving them was like really, really good for me, <clears throat> really good in my opinion, mostly because the relatability, I guess the understanding of why they were doing all this besides, you know, world domination type stuff, it didn't feel like that like they were fleshed out even a little bit like it it didn't seem like there was no reason just to just obliterate everything and everyone in their path you know excuse me while i get a little bit of coffee in the system and back to the action um <laughs> so anyways that the the whole rebel soldiers plot line the government stuff that that was the the weak spot for me in this film alongside the editing. Put that aside, I thought this movie was really funny. I thought it was going out on a limb. It was uh, ballsy in a way that I don't feel like Marvel can even attempt to do at this point. It feels like they took some of the best parts of what they do and or what they did in Deadpool and brought it over here with uh, of uh, everything regarding the rated R side of it. Um, but yeah, so we get a little backstory between all of these characters and understanding that other just ridiculous um, uh, backstories with Nanao basically being a big shark baby, a peacemaker doing anything and killing anyone he needs to do um, to get the peace, I guess. I don't know. Bloodsport basically is dead shot from last with who was played by will smith last time polka dot man's got this like mother issue who's been like he, he's been uh uh tested on and stuff like that i think the one thing you need to do with the formula of making someone or a superhero ridiculous is say that they've been tested on so that's what they did with uh Rocket Raccoon on in Marvel, like he said, uh, you know, I'm sort, I'm sort, sort of fucked up raccoon that's been tested on, and now he can talk. You know, it's like Polka Dot Man, some sort of fucked up dude that got tested on, and now he throws up polka dots now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like, uh, like some sort. He said, I think he said it was like an interdimensional virus. It's like, is that a, is that a, can I get that? <laughs> you know, like, do you need to stay over there? It's not, I don't want to get that. <laughs> it looks like a, a pain. You know, when when they start showing like the pains of being a superhero, that's uh, that's always a little bit disturbing as well. So, um, anyways, um, and then we have Ratcatcher too, who is basically born with her dad, who with they had to stay low, and the rats had to protect them and stuff like that. It was, you know, rats have rat lives matter too apparently or something like that i don't remember um it was some weird stuff uh after finding flag at the at a base camp for rebel soldiers where he's just chilling we think that he's being tortured or something it's not what's happening he's just chilling they are the rebel soldiers um i do gotta say like the pete davidson's and everyone at the beginning uh, this is kind of me flashing back like james gunn did i gotta say i liked the intro with the pete davidson stuff i liked michael rooker i liked weasel i thought all that shit was hilarious but the way they went out it was it was like holy shit this was intense you know 
And we're remind, reminded real real quickly this is rated R. So anyways, back to the plot. Um, yeah, Harley Quinn's taken by the prisoner. Uh, for Harley Quinn from the first team is taken prisoner by Corto Maltese government who are planning to use the Project Starfish against other nations. The squad accompanies the next captured... Sorry, accompanies their next objective of capturing the thinker. Uh, a metahuman scientist in charge of Project Starfish, who has all these like things in his. <laughs> um, while also joined by Harley, who. Harley, when she escapes the Corto Maltese government. Um, I will say, like, her little intro with. Or it's not even an intro, it's more like a side vignette with her falling in love with this, like, uh, like presidential government guy and i'm gonna say some people are gonna love this i'm one of those people that enjoyed the escape of it but i was like this feels like a five minute segment that could have been taken out or relegated to something a little bit more uh focused on the plot i felt like it just felt like they put her to the side had her like being tortured and stuff like that has her being you know uh, falling in love and then having like this re reaffirming moment of how abusive all her former exes have been and stuff like that. It's like I don't know if we needed all that, but that was that was just me. This was this first hour, the, the first twenty minutes I enjoyed. For for the forty minutes after that, I was struggling. I'll be honest, and I was just like, this it feels uneven. This these bar scenes with having everybody, you know, have be buddy buddy all of a sudden. It feels a little bit rushed. It's a lot of characters you have to <clears throat> you have to deal with. Um, even from the first Suicide Squad twenty sixteen, they had a lot of characters they had to deal with, and in this one, we have two separate teams we're almost reintroduced twice to. We're not introduced to the teams twice, but we're introduced to two separate teams, and it's taking taking up a lot of time. So that was my biggest thing. I was like, all right, we're about thirty minutes in, and it feels like it, it feels like it, we should be further into the plot. But that was, you know, just me. Um, I understand that a lot of people were loving this movie, so I don't want to take away from anyone that's feeling, you know, the love. You know, I liked this movie. I didn't love it, and I wanted to love it. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, the thinker is a metahuman scientist in charge of the project starfish. who is also joined by Harley when she escapes the Cortos Maltese government. I like when she's escaping, they have some cool action scenes. It looks like Harley Quinn or Margot Robbie is actually doing the actual fighting. She's hitting some of these, some of those, some of these. And I, you know, I, I definitely, I, I enjoyed all of that. It has like these flowers coming out of, of the back of her, kind of like what they did in the Birds of Prey and whatnot. I will say after watching It Man uh, action, the action in this movie is well shot. It's not fast. I'm going to be honest. If you watch any Japanese or Chinese martial arts movie, they are so fast with it. It, it feels like they go faster than what the camera can catch. And so when they're hitting people in those Chinese and martial arts action movies, it just feels like another world of pain. It looks like people are actually getting whacked and smacked and, you know, um, this 
is still very good. It's it's not quite the John Wick levels of action, but it's it's very fun to watch. It's very competent to watch. They have wide shots. You can see what's going on. I think the biggest problem with American action cinema has been not being able to see what's going on. Um, so anyways, what do we have? Uh, so yeah, they finally get Harley to join after she kills and breaks like 20 dudes necks and fucking slices them all up. She's not afraid to kill people. And I think that that's, that's the biggest problem with, um, you know, what Marvel has is like, they always have to temporarily take them out. Generally, it's not, they can't just slice and dice like DC can. So, um, yeah, so breaking into Junaham, I'm not sure, I don't think I'm saying that right, Junaham, um, most of the squad rigs the facility with explosive as, explosives as rag, uh, as rag, as flag and rat catcher to enter the uh, underground laboratory. It's kind of funny that they call it rat catcher too. It's like, what happened to rat catcher one? He died, you know, rats. And rat catcher two has this like little mouse, uh, like little rat. She's like carrying around like Sebastian or something. He's called. He's got like little backpacks. Fucking. <laughs> Someone said that this turned into Stuart Little. Double Double Toasted said this turned into Stuart Little at one point. And he, Corey Coleman's not wrong about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still funny they call it rat catcher two. It's just a funny fucking name. All right, so they enter the underground laboratory accompanied by the Thinker. They discover Project Starfish to be Starro the Conqueror, a powerful, powerful and extraterrestrial capable of controlling its victims minds that is intense that is a badass uh psychedelic antagonist and i was here for it and i had i saw starro the conqueror in the trailers everyone had talked about it <clears throat> it had been talked about in in the in the comic book realm and everything so everyone heard about starro being in this so um, the thinker reveals the uh, that Star was brought to Earth by the American government, who have now been secretly funding the experiments on Cortos Maltese for decades. Um, so it's like it's all about the American government. You gotta you gotta get them or whoever. It's you know it's them. You know, um, peacemaker under secret orders to cover up the U.S. <clears throat> the U.S. involvement uh, kills. Uh, flag after he refuses to surrender a hard drive containing evidence on this rele- uh, relevation, uh, revelation. Um, but Ratcatcher 2 manages to obtain the drive. They do have this very interesting scene with like them deciding to focus on the helmet of Peacemaker. It's like them Flag and Peacemaker are fighting and we're watching the fight in the reflection of Peacemaker's helmet. And once again... I thought it was kind of a cool aesthetic shot, you know, aesthetically this is a very, um, uh, very different looking movie, but also in the same realm as, you know, it does look kind of like James Gunn's, um, Suicides, sorry, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 a lot in, in certain scenes. Um, this was a very interesting decision just to like leave the camera on the helmet while all this is happening. I was... Uh, kind of bewildered a little bit by it, but I was like, this kind of feels like Gun trying to be a little bit more uh, art housey in a way. Um, you know, how can we make another fight look? Di- yeah, how can we make this fight look different? You know, and it definitely did look different. It just didn't feel like it served the plot any. I almost wanted them to like uh, have it focused on the reflection of them, and then someone's head gets smashed into 
the the helmet or the helmet is taken out, out of the frame and we follow the helmet as it's being whacked into the side of Flag's head or something like that or or as someone puts it on. You know, I didn't feel like it like served any part of the narrative. It was kind of just there for show. And I, I know some people are not going to like this and they're going to do all the downvotes and all that. But like, well, that was a cool shot. I, I, you don't understand. It's like I, I like the shot too. I think it's cool. But make it and make it have impact within the story. I feel like if you're going to do two cool shots, always make sure that the cool shots have something to do with the story. And that was the biggest problem for me talking about it out loud right now is that what is what is it but just a cool shot? I almost want it to have more impact within the story. So it almost feels like maybe they shot the, the fight two or three times and they said, you know, maybe it'd be cool just to do it from that angle. But with saying that, the shots that aren't, in the reflection of the helmet, I was like, dude, fucking John Cena hitting uh, Rick Flag. I was like, this is intense. I was like, this is when we got stakes. And this is actually when I felt like I understood that there could be betrayal, that there were, that there were stakes, that the first 30 minutes of the movie took a long time to get where we needed to be and this is where we needed to be we needed to see everything that was happening with Starro and this um the thinker him testing all of these people that have the starfish on the face like you know and we we find out the thinker is uh you know testing on them removing uh, political rivals and their families and you know, they literally say, he's having his way with me. It's like, oh, God, he's fucking doing terrible things to them. You know, fucking uh, assaulting them to testing on the, you name it. And so uh, the Peacemaker was trying to, like, make sure that that information did not get out. And I was like, oh, shit. So Peacemaker kills Flag. We get, like, full confirmation, Mortal Kombat style, to the chest. Um, like he wasn't ready, I wasn't ready, and I wanted to flag in this a little bit more. You know, still DC property, anything could really happen. But anyways, a um, little bit of a bummer that that was going down. But it did give the movie an edge and some teeth that I think we desperately needed. I didn't think that we really had uh, uh, understood antagonist or kind of a direction of where the movie was going until about this part of the film because um, it kind of feels like it's just kind of wondering and we're just like all right following these main this group and like this uh kind of 80s style action flick it reminded me a little bit of like alien or something like sorry uh predator in a way where uh was it uh, arnold schwarzenegger is like in the in the jungle and stuff like that and they're they're having all these crazy different types of battles and stuff like that there is a a, a part where the uh, blood sport and peacemaker and uh you know the whole team is kind of going in and they're trying to take out like i believe i believe it was one of the rebel camps which they thought it was a the maltese government apps on accident but they come in and they're doing all these like different everyone's doing their own thing you know idris elba's got like the dish dish and then peacemaker's got the dish dish and then everyone's got like their own separate moves and it is kind of like a a, a really cool uh I think it's like a one take at one point where they're showing everybody doing their own thing um, from the side. It is kind of funny how they're trying to be like low key about it, but they're 
like really, I think they're super loud. I don't know how anybody wouldn't be yelling at, at that point. Um, you know, freaking giant shark man's coming in <laughs> and eating everybody. Oh my goodness. So, um, anyways, uh, uh, let's hop back to the uh, peacemaker and peacemaker kills flag. So once he kills flag, a, a rat catcher, what's her name? Rat catcher um, manages to obtain the drive. And there's like this split sequence where we realize, all right, so like rat catchers deciding to take this and, the person that currently had that previously had it was flag and flags dead. So you have like this realization that's happening on her face that I absolutely loved. I mean, this was the type of stuff that I enjoy, uh, that type of storytelling where you're like, Oh shit, you know, you got, you got to book it at this point. Sorry. Um, so the, um, uh, meanwhile, a skirmish between the squad and, uh, the Corto, Corto Maltese uh, military leads to Polka Dot Man accidentally setting off explosives prematurely. Um, during the ensuing chaos, Bloodsport saves Ratcatcher by shooting Peacemaker. Um, and it's like this one line that happens at the beginning of the film when Peacemaker and Bloodsport are talking. He's like, yeah, I'll, my bullets will go through yours or something like that. And they actually did. It's like, oh, shit. You know, that actually came back to do something. Um, you know, love a nice callback, you know. Um, but anyways, uh, let me see. So Polka Dot Man, way OP. I got to be honest. This dude is way OP. Um, so... Accidentally setting off the explosives prematurely. Oh, and Milton. Did we did we lose Milton? Have we lost Milton at this point? There's this guy named like Milton who's like this uh, South American Latin dude that is like with the team, like half of it. He has no lines, and they they, they go to the the trouble of having Harley be like, "Who the fuck is Milton?" And and, <laughs> and that is one of the uh, the funniest fucking lines. I almost felt like they were like talking about how the Latin representation was so under underpopulated in the uh in the movie it's like all right well we got to have milton in there <laughs> and they killed him anyway it's like son of a you know oh my goodness can't have any good one can't have any good latin people in their own movie oh my goodness except for the people that are overthrowing the rebellion you know of course always got to be viva la revolution or whatever right <laughs> um so what do we have so there's a skirmish between um, the squad and the Cortus. Uh, uh, the military leads to Polka Dot Man accidentally setting off the explosives prematurely. I think this is that was around the time when they do all of the the joking around right there, and we see a Polka Dot Man do the do 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 do. You know the the polka dots flying out of them and it's kind of a crazy looking uh effect i mean it's probably not going to age too well but it's probably i don't think that's going to age in a few years but still kind of funny just to see this guy just like he's like infected with like fucking polka dots all over his face it's like ugh, it looks terrible what a terrible superpower <laughs> um during the, uh, it's actually helpful at the end, but um, during the ensuing chaos, Bloodsport saves Ratcatcher 2 by a shooting Peacemaker while Starro escapes the laboratory. And Starro kills the thinker at that point. He's just like, starts, like, rips him in half. And a lot of people get ripped in this, a lot of ripping of bodies. Um, so, yeah, Bloodsport saves Ratcatcher 2 by shooting Peacemaker while Starro escapes the lab, killing the thinker and the. Malta, Cordo Maltese army 
And that's also when um, Starro begins to like go like full on kaiju. He's like, you know, doing all this crazy shit. He's got like this eye in the middle. It's like, obviously, that's where you want to shoot. You, I mean, it's got a big fucking eye in the middle of one eye. It's like, shoot the eye. And so, um, yeah, having all of that, uh, uh, this like psychedelic, uh, what, what kind of, what, uh, this this fish um sorry this starfish has like it, it's a disgusting looking fish i mean we get close-ups of it you can see like the little gills it's like and then it has some parts where it's like opening up and other little starros little conquerors are coming out of it and we've seen how the starro takes control of like what i think it was like astronauts originally and starro's taken from space and he's kind of like being tested on and poked on and then he he takes over the space crew earlier in the movie, and so we've seen that one time. You know how the star takes over their face, they're like, Burr. and so ironically, one of the things to save yourself is to wear a mask. And ironically, how ironic is that in the time that we're living in? You know, you got to wear a mask so that you don't get a star to the face. Um, but I mean, when they saw when they're in the lab and they're like trying to take staros off the other people that have already been infected with it, it's just like y'all are fucked. It's like it eats their face. It's just disgusting and takes them over. So, um, yeah, when there's like this whole part where everybody is like being taken over, all of the military is being taken over, and the uh, the captain of the military of the the government is just like, well, I guess I'm fucked. <laughs> gets like slapped with a massive starfish to the face. Oh, that was pretty funny for me. Oh, guys. So anyway, as Starro begins to enslave the uh, the island's population, um, Waller informs the squad that their mission is over. However, Bloodsport leads his uh, team's teammates in battling Starro, while Waller's subordinates subdue her to prevent her from executing the squad. I didn't really talk about her subordinates. In the previous movie, we'll talk about what happened to them. They were all taken out. That I mean, she literally was hardcore enough that she was just like, I need to kill everybody. And so she, she does kill everybody. Um, all of her, all the people that worked for her in the last one, all dead. So we have a new group of people. And they have a little bit more to do in this. They're like taking bets at the beginning of this about who's going to win, who's, uh, sorry, who's going to live, who's going to die at the, the, the first uh, team that's taken out, they're all like, oh, I'm, you owe me a 20, you owe me a, oh, oh Steve, yep, you owe me a 50. So it's uh, it's a little bit more comedic in that way. It kind of reminded me of uh, Cabin in the Woods with that, uh, you know, that team. I, I won't go too much into spoilers about that, but it reminded me of the behind the scenes of that, uh, of, of that, of that movie. So anyways, um, uh, so yeah, the, the people that are working for her are taking bets. They ended up saying she's gone too far. We need to take her out. We need, we need to do something about this. And, uh, so they subdue her and they have hilarious lines. This lady's like, what a fucking bitch. And Randy, get the fuck back to work. <laughs> and this is like, oh shit. Waller is not playing. So, um. Yeah, so as Starro begins to enslave the island's population, she's just like, brah, brah, brah. and normally I would have said this is too much, but for some reason, when everyone's getting getting to work together and doing their own thing, it, it feels like when the team is actually getting to do a mission, that's what I like. I think the beginning was the team kind of figuring out what they were going to do and didn't really wasn't really doing the mission as as a whole. We didn't have Harley at the beginning, 
um, with the full team. So I was just like, I, I need the full team together. So uh, Starro begins to enslave the island's population. Waller informs the squad that the mission's over. However, the Bloodsport leads his teammates in battling Starro, which why not just let them battle Starro? They, like, someone's going to have to fight them if you're not the, the DC superheroes, which they're not going to bring them in right now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so Polka Dot Man is killed. Okay, so I got to say that Polka Dot Man sees his mother, the figure of his mother, everywhere he goes from the entire fucking movie. It is, it's a hilarious run-on joke, but it's just like everywhere I go, I see my mother who's fucking detestable, and she tested on all the kids, and um, some of the kids have died because of the testing that she performed on them. And he, he literally sees a giant kaiju version of his mother. I mean, it's like, it's like, oh my... <laughs> And he's like trying to fucking kill her with the fucking polka dots and whatnot. And you find out kind of in a throwaway line that he's probably responsible for killing his mother um, for reasons I just stated. But um, yeah, it, it, in the club, there's this one part where he sees everybody he's dancing around looks like his mother. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, this is fucking ridiculous. If if anything, I didn't think that that scene was that great, but I did think that that specific polka dot man scene with all of his dancing with his mother in the club that shit was some funny shit it reminds me of some Bo Burnham FaceTime with my mom shit <laughs> oh my god oh gosh so um does anybody think that polka dot man remind me of cousin Greg from Succession I really want that guy to be in the uh, to be a superhero Oh my goodness. So anyways, so Polka Dot Man is like clearly going to die. He's like, I'm a superhero. Wham! And it, it, it just seems like so obvious over half the team when they're about to die. Like this is about to happen. So Polka Dot Man is killed, but the squad weakens. Starro enough for Ratcatcher 2 to summon the city's rats against the extraterrestrial, which chew Starro to death from its insides. And I kind of saw that this Ratcatcher 2 was going to be like a big part of the end i mean just having rats as a thing is just disgusting as it um and they never talk about like oh my gosh the disease that these things would be carrying oh my gosh uh, i think there's a taika watiti like uh, scene with young rat catcher i guess he's rat catcher one or something like that and he's just like yep the rats have a beating heart too you know they have feelings too <laughs> it's like oh jesus the amount of rats at the end of this is ridiculous. So it's crazy. They are starting to chew Starro to death from its insides. Um, as well as having Harley run through this entire sequence and then using this javelin. She's been magically given at the beginning of this from I uh, forgot which leader at the beginning. And she goes and stabs Starro directly in the eye. And from there, Starro's like... And... Are we not going to talk about, like, definitely Harley's got something. Her mouth, eyes, all of her orifices were open where she was inside the eyeball of a psychedelic starfish. Like, is she not going to get something, like, nasty from that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, on top of all the rats that are, like, swarming into the eyeball of the starfish, it's like, oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> oh several times several times i was just like oh my gosh yeah and and i remember they, they introduced harley quinn at the beginning of this movie is she's like sorry i was taking a number two it was like <laughs> oh got him <laughs> you probably think it was gonna be something sexy right oh got him <laughs> uh, 
anyways, uh, Margaret Robbie's still fine. She can be, she's going to be probably making her, her entire lineage is going to be paid off for being Harley Quinn forever after this point. And we will never probably see her body again after <laughs> being, being in the Wolf of Wall Street. So, uh, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. So, um, yeah, Starro is chewed to death from its insides. The squad battle, having drawn the Corto Maltese away from the capital, or, or also, I gotta say, Viola Davis is taken out by her team at this point, whacked across the side of the head by a damn shovel of some sort. I was like, Jesus, is she dead? Which we find out she's not, but um, it's like, that that would have fucked somebody up. So, um, um, yeah, so the Maltese military... Uh, Sora take control of the government which she just takes out the government she just kills everybody which she pledges to reform using the drive as leverage Bloodsport forces Waller to release him and his surviving teammates in exchange for keeping its contents confidential allowing them to be airlifted out of Corto Maltese um, I gotta say that, uh, like over half the things that were in that disc, I mean, I know that it's, it's the whole part of the U S U S is, in, uh, being involved in the possible, uh, uh, project starfish, but it's like, it, you know, it's the fact that they were, that star was brought to earth by the American government and, uh, secretly funding him. Um, but it's like, Starro was revealed to the world at this point. So, I mean, they're probably going to get that information out anyway. Like, Waller's position's not exactly in the best. Um, just saying. Also, um, you know, with the dark comedic humor at the beginning, having the entire team, you got the that arm guy, his arms are just like at the beginning, and he's like, D -d 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 -d, you know, he's trying to like slap and destroy, you know, take out the military guys. It's like, uh, the military guys were they're like, what the hell's going on? And I, I felt like that joke was like, what is going on? It's like, these are kind of ridiculous superheroes. I mean, you have Weasel that jumped out immediately from the aircraft and was dr and drowns. And you're like, oh, fuck. Well, we find out that he's back at the very end. And I, I love that he's back. I know why they didn't keep him. I think the, the cost of doing that effect is super expensive. So... There's probably a reason why they, they they did not want to have Weasel on screen all the time, especially with a, um, uh, Nanow. Um, so, yeah, with uh, you know, all these different characters, we have a, a wide range of ridiculous characters. This cast, this world of superheroes we have now, is it's an abundant. We're hitting a level of. A giant uh, starfish uh, conqueror is no longer weird. It just feels like we're expecting um, strange strangeness now. So let me know what you thought about the movie. Like, share, subscribe. You know what to do. Thumbs up, subscribe, thumbs up. And look at that podcast. Take it easy. Almost forgot. The stinger scene. So... Weasel lives. That's awesome. But the second stinger scene, which I hadn't even heard of and I didn't even realize, was that Peacemaker. So Peacemaker has a television show coming out 
on HBO, I believe, next year. And I believe it might be run under James Gunn as well. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. Uh, is that a... Da-da. I'm going to find that out real quick. But anyways, um, Peacemaker comes back. I had no idea that he was going to come back. I thought he was dead for good, and they were going to bring him back in some other fashion. Um, but let me see. Okay, so Peacemaker, um, a spinoff television series starring Cena, is set to debut in January 2022. Um and that is going to be created by James Gunn, starring... Sorry, it's written by James Gunn, and uh, at least the first episode is going to be directed by Gunn as well. So it's going to have an interesting flair, I'll tell you that. Um, interesting that they have like this like uh, old-school aesthetic of uh, the poster on here, like a 50s-looking style of the comic book uh of peacemaker but anyways he is coming back and i wanted to just mention that let me know what you thought about suicide squad let me know what you thought about num num let me know what you thought about uh the the suicide squad in comparison to the old suicide squad uh you know let me let me know what the the dealio is anything else i think that we've covered just about all of it and i'm, I'm trying to get it all out before um, wrapping it all up, but, uh, I think that's just about it, um, yeah, just bring me some more King Shark, and I'll be happy, <laughs> take it easy, y'all. Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit! Uh-huh. I don't wanna do your We love the rain, it's like angels are splooching all over us.